Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Talk Junkies, where tonight's going to be a very interesting night, as it is each and every single single week here at Talk Junkies. we got Johnny Jesse in the house. Gentlemen, how you doing? Good, man. Doing well. It's good to be back. I haven't, feel like I haven't been on here in a hot minute. None yeah. of us have, really, but... No, no, yeah, it's, it's Chief Sunday's ruin it, man, for us. Yeah. So it's, it's fine, man. It's that time of year. It's all good. I'm glad to have you guys in those seats. That's all that matters right now in the moment in time. Um, if you guys are interested, the last podcast we did was with Chris Cherico. He's a, a lawyer out of North Carolina, a tax, a tax lawyer. Jesse and I were, uh, had the opportunity to talk with him and have a nice chat. There was some good, interesting takes on what taxes do and what they are and how it's implemented in, in the society today that we live in. I, I re-listened to it and it was, it was pretty interesting, um, what Chris had to say. I think if we had him on again, we could get a little more out of him. Maybe the dark secrets. Yeah, no. There's a, there's a bunch with taxes on that. Really one. glad you guys talked about taxes with the tax expert. Yeah, it's just funny. You said the tax ex- tax expert. We talked about taxes, and now it's just I want us to have a segment where like you bring on a tax expert and you talk about like taxes. romantic advice. We could try that, and out. then you know yeah, yeah, you yeah. have sure a psychologist Chris, and you talk about like your favorite yeah. kind of cereal. Well, Chris looked like a romantic though. He did. Anyways, if you guys are interested in taxes, check out that podcast. It's on all the all the good stuff tonight. We're gonna be talking. With a gentleman uh, who I got the pleasure to meet today, um, he he drove a drove a, f- a far amount of time to come see us here in Kansas City, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. Uh, met him through a gentleman um, that I that I I don't work with, but I met him at work. His name's Paul. Um, so Paul, thank you for that because I know you're going to be listening to this podcast. Appreciate you, my man, for the connection. Um, but this this gentleman here who's sitting right in front of me um, is doing a lot of big things out in Kentucky, man, and um, we are really big on local politics not when i say big we've always been aspired to find out how to do it how to get involved how to be a part of it um and we i think we brought out brought on the right person to do that tonight john how you doing man thanks for joining i'm doing good thank appreciate you for having me right on man so you 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 said eight hour drive well it turned into a little bit longer but yeah it's about it's like it's like seven and a half something like that yeah yeah well thanks for again thanks for coming out man that's crazy and, and appreciative of you to come out see the setup be a part of talk junkies again greatly appreciative of that i appreciate y'all having me when nice i have to meet all y'all so tell us a little bit about yourself man you got your own podcast what's that all about and what's a little bit of your journey man in your story right now yeah so i uh, uh do have my own podcast it's called uh way too much jrmc stands for john ross Marcus cox my mom my mom knew i was gonna have that kind of swagger when i was born so she gave me four names i'm one of those dudes um i'm actually named after the show dallas that's why i'm john ross you know, so um, just don't call me Jr. My mom would get pissed. But um, yeah, so I, I do like we'll say political, cultural, you know, podcast. Uh, it didn't start out there. I told you I had no ambitions or um, intent on trying to you know go hard in that in that space. Um, but I got started in back when all the mask mandates and everything were going on, and. I've already told you all this story, but I'll, I'll tell the audience here as well. But I really got going because my I'm a I coach I coach you sports, you know basketball, baseball, football, you name it. My girls, little girls soccer teams, and uh, they started trying to put my kids back in mask. My basketball team last November, in in Kentucky, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to navigate it and how you know like when I would make them wear a mask and all this. And my wife was just like, "Listen, I thought I married like a crazy redneck." You know what I mean? That was going to like fight for our family, and you know, like that was just that wasn't going to just bend over and take whatever the, the state was trying to give him, or what you know, what his boss was going to do to or, or whatever. And uh, it just kind of challenged me. And uh, I literally sat there. My, we was in the kitchen. It was like twelve thirty 
in the morning, 12.30 a.m. or whatever. Kids were asleep. And, like, I started crying. I mean, I was a grown man. And I was just like, it hit me. It just punched me in the gut because I realized, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I really am being soft. You know what I mean? Like, trying to I'm, – I want to coach sports so bad I'm willing to just, like, show what kind of example am I setting for those for those kids or my own, my own son. Um, I'm kind of, like, leader in the community am I being. And so kind of looked up at her. I was like, hey, well, all right. Like, I'll do it, but, you know, I don't do anything. I don't do anything like half – I can cuss on her, right? Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. I don't, okay. do anything, <laughs> yeah, you can. I, don't, I don't do anything half-ass. And uh, I was like, I just want to make sure you know what you're asking, what you're telling me to do. And she was like, I do. Like, do whatever do whatever, we, whatever you got to do. Whatever time it takes, whatever. I'll, like, it's good. Like, we got to get rid of these masks. And so I started just going to, like, Republican meetings and really just trying to get the lay of the land. You know, I was one of those dudes. And she was, you know, one of those gals that we thought we were like in t- in tune with politics but really we were just like li- reading national news articles and watching national shows and watching tucker and you know shapiro and that kind of stuff and we realized real quick like we don't even know who to go to over over like a mass mandate or like what the titles of these some of these elected officials like what are they what is that what's a magistrate you know what i mean what's like a you know what's somebody on the city council that we had no idea um and so i just I was like, okay, I gotta be like a kindergartner and just like dive in. And I was like on the at a ground level. And so I, I thought I was gonna run for school board. Um, got shouted down at like the first meeting where someone that was already an elected official um, was like, he can't win, you know. Like, I, and I was fine. Like, dude, I'm not real. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm like the best person for the job ever. I'm just like trying to. This is my first meeting. Like, chill out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm about to burrow into a hole over here and like. uh Oh, so he was like shitting on you. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was doing the whole like, politician like yeah, attacking yeah. like yeah, you. Yeah. But it wasn't like, like it would be a detriment to like to the community if you would have gotten that position. But uh, if, if I was the nominee, I couldn't win. You know, like I took it personal because I'm redneck and I take everything personal and wanted like Trump was trying to like slash his tires afterwards and stuff. <laughs> Kia's yeah. car and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, and meet him back. And so, long story short about him, I, I make that joke and talk trash about him because we've kind of came full circle. Along the way, and our you know, our little uh, our relationship is kind of about as American as it gets because it came went from that to like over the last eleven months we've both been you know earning each other's trust and each other's respect and like he knows like they're just so used to people saying they're going to do stuff showing up a couple times and then and then just disappearing just disappearing you know what I mean and we'll get to that later probably about some of what the real issues are that's plaguing so many state legislatures. Um, and so started out at those meetings and then finally realized that no, like, I was like, man, there's a whole lot of talk and there ain't no action out here. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I ain't the most educated person, but I know you got to have like a, you got to have a game plan, like a strategy. You got to have something written down on like how you're going to go about attacking things and what, you know, what strategy you're going to use. And everybody was just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping it stuck. And so I started like a little matrix of like bill sponsors and what bills were out there trying to get rid of mandates and, found the overlap and started going to going to the like legislature trying to get some garner some support for one of those bills and it ended up just like re- rewriting one of them and like got it filed and so it was like it's been a been a wild experience you know like I I make the joke that I think I was like it started out I think I was everybody's like slum friend in the building you know everybody's everybody's like 
he, it'd be fun to have a party. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna get to know him a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll call him and I'm like, want to get drunk or something. And I think it started out like that, and I kept coming back, and all of a sudden they were like, oh shit, this dude's, this dude's for real. Like, he knows, he knows way too much now. You know what I mean? Like, I texted him, I texted him the other night when I was hammered, and I shouldn't have. I think it's like, I think it's like, it kind of got to that point. Um, and so, uh, no, but I mean, that's I say that in jest, but. I, I got to give them credit. I mean, I've gotten to know the like, probably the, the majority of our state legislature. Um, so where where are you at in Kentucky? I'm, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, but I want to make sure everybody knows I ain't from there. Okay. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Like I ain't saying it's a bad place, but like I was, I was just, I was telling him that, I telling Paul that I lived out here for six months and I, we had to move back because I was like Kentucky just in my blood. I just lost. Everything about my identity. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, I was like out here listening to Jamie Johnson, like dark, just dark country music. You know what I mean? And like smoking Pall Malls on the back porch. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, so, so you you operate out of out of that type in, in those politics is in Louisville. Uh, well, so that's where it started. But no, I'm like it's all. I mean, I'm all dealing with people all over the state. Okay. Um, but so so I'm from. It's like I said, I'm from Southeastern Kentucky. My Stepdad still works in the, he still works in the coal mines. Um, my biological father, he probably would have said he was a coal miner, but he never did nothing. <laughs> he never had like a job or anything. You know what I mean? It's, just be honest with him well, I'm, about it. So, like, whenever you when you talk about, so you got involved with the mass mandates and you went to the meetings. You and you, you what you were saying is you helped sponsor a bill to get the mass mandates out of the education system or the YMCA, like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, vir- virtually, I mean, but. I'm, also, I'm trying to. I'm saying this right now because I know the goal of this is to show people how to get involved. I, I didn't like try to get. I mean, I wrote. I wrote, rewrote the bad boy like in, like in like Microsoft Word. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I had like another guy that was. What's the guy's name that was on here? That we just talked about Pat. Pat, yeah. With the Missouri, I had a, a guy in Kentucky that would. Once I'd gotten support for my language, I went to him and was like, "Hey, like, we got to make this sound like a bill." You know, I've got like parents, like I've got like indents on here. You know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, you know, he went and made it, you know, that, that way. But I mean, that, that exact so, language got filed. So he added the whereas. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. I wasn't putting any of that in there, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's where that, that's where it started. Um, so, it, but it went from real quick from you going, I mean, we went, I went into the first day and we got laughed out of the building from like our Louisville people. They're like, there's no way these. There's no way that we're going to get support for this. So what was it like when you walked in? How was that process? Because I remember on the phone you were telling me, like, you didn't think a civilian could just walk in. And I didn't think you could. I think a civilian could just walk in. I mean, I was. That's, that's my big thing is the whole, you, you want to talk about, like, how people get started thing. It sounds dumb to say out loud, but I mean, legitimately, how do you get started is in where are you, where are you going and how do you decide that that's the time that you're approaching that and it's like okay it's my turn to talk and talk to these people kind of thing well for me like i will say this we're talking about talking about some spiritual stuff before this like something weird was happening i'm gonna be honest like um you know god i'm, I'm a christian whatever but obviously i told you i got a dirty mouth and all that so i ain't trying to act like i'm what franklin graham or whatever in here billy graham um but like I can't really explain how it all went down. It was like I was just meeting, just talking to everybody. People were like calling me that. So, but we, that didn't start out like that. Um, first of all, you definitely got to have something that you that you're in that you're interested in. You got to have like a purpose, you know, goals. Got to have the trying, drive. You know, it's just like a like I ain't trying to be a lobbyist. Lobbyists are literally like 
they are lobbyists by trade, and it doesn't matter to them what they're lobbying for. Like an industry calls and says, we want this, and we'll pay you this, and they develop a strategy to get that in there. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, it was like trying to get rid of masks. Like I'm just tired of what we're doing in schools. And, uh, you know, but I, but I could get in there and I could tell there was no organization or whatever. And like half the state was worried about masks, half the state was worried about vaccines, half the state was worried about how much money we we're spending on testing. So I actually made the bill all of that. So it would have gotten rid of like masks, vaccine mandates, test, like we call it test to play and test to stay. Like they were literally testing kids every single day. Are there Every just kid. just real quick question from like a layman because my my kid's only five months old so I haven't had to deal with this issue yet. Do they have COVID vaccines mandates for kids to go to school now? Not, not yet. Not yet. Not they're working on it. The key's not yet. I mean now older kids I think they're they're in some states they have if you're like over thirteen or something if they if once they've been approved I know in California they had if you're like thirteen and older or something. We were really worried about the industry that we work in, that we were going to have to have a that vaccine wasn't just for a while, to work yeah. in what I'm yeah. working in. And I was like, fuck that. that was, not, OSHA you, came out with some stuff last year. It was the beginning of this year where it was supposed to be implemented where anyone who was working in the United States had to be vaccinated. Yeah, I remember that. That 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 shit scares the fuck out of me. Yeah. The, the mandated COVID vaccine. For that, anyway, sorry, I'm going to let you... You know, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. exactly... And that's kind of, you're preventing that snowballing effect to get to that point. Yeah, well, the, yeah. I mean, the, the bigger the bigger vaccine war is from an employer standpoint. You know what I mean? That's really where... So you, then we had other politicians that were just worried about employers. And so they were... They would have bills for employers that still... They had, like, carve-outs for where schools could still mitigate, have mitigation me, uh, measures in place. And I was like, why, why, are, why is everybody trying to appease each other whenever all of you want to do all of it? So let's just do it. You know what I mean? And so it like literally took months and months to sell that message. But again, back to the very beginning, you got to have like something you're trying to do. And then like, I mean, I literally just started calling people and was like asking for their office, you know, and like, I'd be like, I got a phone, like, Hey, this is John Cox. And I, at the time I was associated with like a little, like a, I won't say little, it was like a 3,800 member of Facebook like parents group, um, but I would say I'm with such and such out of Jefferson County, but like most of these people weren't from Jefferson County, so, so like they didn't care. Um, but like, you know, I just schmooze them up a little bit and all shucks and golly them. Did it, you know, and I talk so, I'm in sales or was, I was an entrance in an entrance for 16 years. I just talk so fast. I think sometimes they don't, they're like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, like, <laughs> Like, holy shit, this dude talks super... Well, I don't even know what he said, so I just got to, like, I got to go to the next step with him. And so I'd just be like, I'm, like, proposing times. Like, hey, when would work for them? Me, I'll be over there this time, this time. Which one? I'd be like, okay. Get back to me at this time. Well, that sounded really fucking important. I have yeah. no idea what he <laughs> yeah. said, but he needs a call back. And I'd be like, right, what's your email? I'm going to send you over a calendar invite. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, just taking all the guesswork out of it. Um, and I just kept, you know, but, again, it... There was no, I, there, I don't, I don't remember a time where I felt like, it, okay, we're getting it, we're getting it rolling. I mean, I really had to check my, I did like gut check myself every day because it was at least the very beginning. It, I was really at risk of looking like an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like me, the chamber of commerce, like Kentucky hospital association, PETA, maybe like. Peter? Peter was involved? Well, you know, like there's like I don't know why I don't know why there was like all kinds of like animal cruelty bills up this last this last time. I don't know mm -hmm. what it was. But it was like four lobby groups and me. That was it. 
in the whole building. I was the only civilian in the whole, in the building ever. And so, like, you know, I kind of got it at the right time, I guess. And so, what building were you in? Sorry, it's like the it's our and so Frankfort, Kentucky is the is the state capital. Okay, um, they have like it's called the annex where they all have their they all have their offices or whatever. So you're in the Capitol, you're at Capitol Hill, essentially, yeah, yeah. inside their building where all the magic, where all the laws are passed and all that stuff yeah. in the state of Kentucky. That's yeah, wild. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like, so you have the Capitol building where they have their chamber and it looks all like, you know, 1770, 60. Yeah. And then you have the one over here, it's like an old 1985 building where they're all there. They have no, like, they have like no windows in their offices or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you can just like walk in, you know, you, you got to go through like a metal detector or whatever. And, um. Uh, you know, like I, I do think there was some magic because I was like, eventually became like everybody finally realized like I wasn't getting paid. You know, I was like making sure everybody knew that like I ain't a lobbyist. I'm just like a dad down here, like wasting my time talking to y'all. Um, you know, and so like you know, I was obviously upset with the you know, politicians. They were letting all this stuff go on and everything, but uh, I actually like pretty quickly all of my like animosity towards them kind of stopped. I, I kind of went away because like. I was confronted with all these realities that all the assumptions we have as like regular, you know, normies were, they're all, they were all incorrect. I mean, I assumed that all these reps had like Nancy Pelosi budgets and had like multiple staffers and comms directors and all this stuff. You know what I mean? And like, you know, I realized like, Oh my goodness, they don't have anybody. They might, they have like one assistant though. The, Six of them will share one assistant to help with their calendar. But that assistant is, like, from Kentucky State. You know what I mean? It's like an intern. They don't know anything. They're literally doing, like, their Outlook calendar. So they have no no one to help them, like, read bills, explain bills to them, like, to get information from one legislator to another. Um, like, And so I'm, like, going back and forth. I got morphed into this, like, this is where the podcast have come into play. I had all these people I was calling every day on the way home. So it was like a 45-minute drive. I, my talk time was probably, I was down there every day from like, I don't know, 8 or 9 until 5 p.m. And then I'd be sitting out in my driveway at 9, still calling all these groups around the state, trying to tell them what happened that day and everything. And I was finally like, I can't do this anymore. So I started live streaming to Facebook um, and like uploading, uploading it to all the groups and everything. And that kind of turned into like, think i could probably do something else with this um and we talk about that later but i was doing with my buddy and it, it turned into me doing it solo but uh yeah i mean there's just a lot of a lot of uh misconceptions and i ain't trying to i ain't trying to let them off the hook because they ran they ran you know what i mean but like they run and win and there's not like a legislator 101 or something where you even get like the bare bones you know what I'm saying? Like, here's how, here's how you submit a bill. <laughs> here's how, here's how you write an amendment. Here's how you. But it all works the same. Like, you know, they're they're in session for a certain period of time. Then they're out of session during holiday weekends. All so that. We're, yeah. a, we're a part-time legislature, so we're only in we're only in session for. It's a CCA session on I think on even. Yeah, on even years, it's a, it's sixty day session. On odd years, it's thirty days. Holy shit! So, but now what do you they, get done in a state in thirty days? Well, it's like well, it's not it's thirty uh, legislative days. So they'll okay. they'll spread those out. Okay. So like it'll be from like January one. I think they have to be done by April fifteenth. So, uh, but it's exactly right. I mean, like, so they're part time. 
So obviously they don't have a bunch of staff because they don't – who's going to take a – who's a highly qualified individual that's going to take that kind of a staffing position It's going to last for four months and then have to go try to find another – Right job, yeah. you know what I mean. It um, almost seems like they're set up for failure even at the beginning. Like I mean, if there's no, I mean that's all state funded. That's not federal funded, or is it federal? I mean, it's state. state. It's okay. Should, so I mean, it, it, even in that that aspect, yeah, that's crazy. I never would have thought that. You're right. I had pre assumptions of what it's like to go down there. I think Missouri might be a little more well organized than Kentucky. I think it's a little bit bigger of a state. I'm not sure, but once again, that could just be an assumption, though. I bet Who knows? True, yeah. get there. I bet if we talked to Pat, he would probably he would probably tell you that I'm not far off. Now yeah. I said I don't know if if Missouri is year round legislature, it probably is substantially more organized because then you can, you know that that's where the two people talk about the swamp. The swamp is created in a in a in a year round legislature. Right, then you have a it's like you can create industry around right. it in that area. You know what I mean? And people can move there and live there mm-hmm. and continue to do that all year all year round. So that's kind of the reason one of the reasons I think that we aren't a full time legislature. So it's almost a good thing in that aspect. I was just going to say, I didn't even think about it that way. It's kind of hard to make it your career when it's 30 days and just, not year long. Right. Well, it's like, it is a good thing, but it's like, you know, there's pros and cons. At the same time, like, it's hard for like a, like a, like a normal person to like. To like Someone who's a dad of four. Yeah, and, if you're like a coal miner or a teacher or, you know, something like that, it's going to be hard to just take a four-month sabbatical every year to go mm-hmm. do this you know what i'm saying um and it's like if you are a teacher and you're going to go say you quit teaching to, and you you get elected for three terms and you're there for as a senator you're there for 12 years and you don't and you don't win the next that your next election well now you can maybe you can go back into teaching but you've got 12 years you don't have towards your pension you know you're like certifications you don't it's like you're just out of the loop you know that kind of thing um so it's like it kind of forces I feel like it almost makes it to where only certain types of people can run. People with people, money. People with people with money, or yep. like, or people that, uh, you know, are ten, like, are are contractors. But in Kentucky, there's not a whole lot of like that going on. You know, especially in the rural parts of the state, the, the poverty stricken parts of the state. There's no small business. It's all like you're just, you work for the state. You're a nurse or a doctor or you're a teacher. That's about it. Or, or, a coal, or you work in a coal mine. Or McDonald's, Subway, Applebee's, yep, yep, that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it does creates you know, unique challenges, and it's probably some. Well, one way I would say I probably differ a little bit from a libertarian type or a uh, establishment Republican type is that like I'm not saying it should be a full time legislature. I'm just saying that like I haven't been convinced that either one is superior at this at this time because you know like I know that most people would have a really hard time getting involved. You know, like, I mean, that's all, the reason I, you know, I will say this to give people a little, um, you know, a little, uh, sort of a little more context. You know, like, I, I definitely am like blessed and lucky in my situation that I was able to do this. You know, like, not only was I, uh, that I had like the ability to kind of to communicate with the, you know, the, the, the country, some of them are country, some of them are rednecks. You know, it's like, you got some cowboys and you got some, it's cowboys and coal miners is what we got there in Kentucky. And then I could, but I also lived in Louisville for 12 years so I can talk to everybody. I've also like one of those rare dudes that came out the mud and like actually owned my own business. I mean, like, I never thought I would do that. I just thought I'd be moving back home and coaching JV football and working at Walmart. I mean, I really did. I just kind of don't even know how I ended up where I, where I ended up, you know? Um, but like, had I, had I not owned my own business and been able to just like forego making money, 
you know, I was in a business that were residuals were coming in, but I still wasn't like building my business during that time. Mm-hmm. But if I'd have been any other, if I'd have been a teacher or something like that, I wouldn't have had the or working at Walmart. Yeah, or working at Walmart, or working at Subway, or like we still have the same or, passion though, or Ford or Amazon. But it's like, yeah, but not the means, right? True. Yeah, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to spend. I mean, I did spend a heck of a lot of time. So it's like the, what I did and what I'm doing now, it's. It's not realistic for for people to think they can do that. Like my goal is to try to help people find little ways. You know, like every now and then, maybe one out of a thousand can just go all you know gung ho like I did. But like the other nine hundred ninety nine, I want to give them like action. It's even it's even more than that because you're the only civilian that's in the building. No, out I, mean, of, I, mean, I a, really am. I'm not, and I ain't talking. I'm not even trying to like flip, like pump myself up because it's. I mean. You, so could, I, you could call those legislators, they'd be like, yeah, he makes fun of himself, because he would tell you, like, it's it's kind of ridiculous. It's pretty ridiculous. So I almost feel like Missouri is probably a little more, um, pro- they're more progressed in that in that, in that that sense, because Pat, with the with the Missouri Freedom Initiative, they have multiple people going up to the Capitol, and they're, you know, I think from the picture that Pat has painted, it seems like more of a process to get involved in those types of things. Like, when you're going into the Capitol of Missouri, <clears throat> you're actually going to meet their you know, they're, they're, they're secretary and you got to talk to them before you can even get access to the representative. I bet they're a full-time legislature then. Yeah, for like sure. That, that's definitely got to be what the, yeah. what the deal is. Um, and we actually just shot down a constitutional amendment that, that would have allowed them to call themselves back into session for like an extra 14 days. Um, I, like, I get why some people didn't vote for it. I was actually like, I was like teetering on the line going into the ballot going to put in my ballot this year. Um, but like, I almost feel like it's got to be the way it is now or they has got to go full time. You know, I don't, right. it's like, there's no in, 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 yeah. yeah no in have, between. There's no more, there's no, there's no in between what it is now. It's either switch or stay. Well, and see, that's one of the things I don't even know if that's what I, if we even learned that in middle school, if Missouri was like no. full time, you know what I'm saying? Like no. even as an adult that I don't know that, you, you know, and, and we've had Pat. No, and I'm that sure kind of that kind of sh- pisses me off right now that I don't know that information. Can I find that information? Yes. Right. I feel like that's something I should have learned or well, should know. I mean, right. that's my local government. Like, well, and I, so brings up an interesting point. And I've had, I've had conversations with people that are conservative and ones that are liberal. Like on, like in Jefferson County, we have these, these, these things called magnet schools. So they're like, they specialize in certain things. So in Jefferson County, our, our, uh, our literacy rate is like 38% or something. So like our math proficiency rate is worse than that, and if you if you break it down based on like your know, race and ethnicity, it's like if you're if you're black, your your literacy rate in Louisville is like twenty five percent or something. It's I mean it's it's bad. It's yeah, it's, it's absolutely really horrific. But we have a magnet school that has that specializes in aviation. So I'm like. It's almost like a trade school. Is that similar? Yeah, I was gonna something, say like we've got like Votech where some, you can specialize in like welding some, or mechanics some, or something. What well, uh, I wouldn't think of it like that because that's actually that's you being intentional about life and finding your skill yeah, set mm-hmm. and like but there's not gonna be a whole lot of kids who are gonna end up flying planes around. You know what I mean? So I think it's more it's more geared toward just like again if one out of let's say it's three out of ten kids can't can read the other and seven out of ten can't I'm like. What on God's green earth are we doing with an aviation program? And that's like yeah, publicly yeah, yeah, yeah. what you're talking about is where the funding's going. Yeah, yeah. You're like, this is this is an awful. And so thing. my whole thing's been like, we don't even we're not even teaching. Like, I personally didn't know how how our state legislature worked. Like, 
we don't have we have no we have no baseline that we say like okay if, if we don't if we can't if we're not at this level we're gonna start cutting things and not like doing away with teachers just saying we're not teaching this so everybody's gonna start teaching this until we learn it you know we just pass kids we just pass kids nobody 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 learns how to fly a plane until eight out of ten of y'all can read yeah yeah something something of that nature exactly. Um, yeah, that seems like an extra thing after everything else is taken care of. Then you can do, like, some bonus stuff. But you have to make sure everybody else is uh, is well-educated enough, you know. To, Y'all need to know to how progress. to read. Y'all need to know how to math, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's – it, and so that, that whole – How many unaccredited, like, high schools are, are there? In, there are no such things uncredited. It's like you're just if – you're, if you're in a high school there, you're like, – if you're, if you're in the Kentucky education system – or Kentucky Education Association or whatever, like it's, you know, like, it's, you like I mean, good if, to go. If you're like outside of that and you're like homeschool or going to like a, even even our Catholic schools there, they all play sports together with the public schools and everything. So, yeah, yeah we don't have any. I don't think we have, I'm sure there is some kind of accreditation, but it obviously ain't real like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because again, those no. are actual numbers from Jefferson County's website. So is Kentucky considered like a rural state, right? Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that I mean, a, I would say that like it's it's one of like, I think seven out of ten poorest counties in the United States are there, Jesus. Are, are in Kentucky, and then and like five I think it's like five out of those seven are in South are in Eastern Kentucky, so like uh, so it's almost as if like the country's kind of forgotten about Kentucky type of situation. You no, know, totally forgotten about it. But I, I I talk about it on my show a lot, like it's Kentucky. I feel like Kentucky culture is very indicative of like what's going on. Everywhere, because it is very poor. I mean, like, the hollow where I'm from, it is the hood. I mean, I can go into the hood in Louisville, and, like, I can survive there. I get I can, I get along with everybody. I know how to communicate. Our cultures are the same. You know what I mean? Um, we have similar beliefs and values and like, with the same struggle with drugs and, you know, all, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, Kentucky is, Kentucky is absolutely, you know, forgotten about. But, again, if something – if somewhere in Kentucky is having mask mandates up until August of 2022, the rest of the country probably needs to freak out. Well, because Kentucky is supposed to be like a super redneck and like white, super white state or whatever. You know, it's like, and you like it's not like that. Trump country. You know, stereotypical move here, but you would have thought Kentucky never even had a mask in exactly, the first place. Exactly. Right. It's exactly what you thought. Um, but it's quite not, the opposite. It's not, it's not like that. We ha- now, we do have a super majority in our legislature as far as it's like. I think now we're up to eighty-one out of a hundred of our of our state house is Republican, and thirty-one of our thirty-eight senators are Republican. But like, um, as we all see nationally, Republicans and like culture war constitutional conservatives are different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so we have a very a very significant urban rural divide, and a very significant like I call you know, if you watch my show, like, I talk a lot about like old school country club. Republicans and Trumplicans, you know, I don't know any, mm. any other way to like put it, but just like kind of, I don't want to call us trashy, but we are, we are kind of, tra- I'm trashy, I ain't gonna lie. I mean, like, <laughs> if, you piss, if you piss me off, I might keep your car on the way out of here. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. so, uh, but, so it's like, there's a wide range of, uh, and we have a, but we have a democratic governor because again, like it's a very cultural, your, your state legislature is very like from where it's, Drilled down to like your to your area. Every area is, is conservative, except right? for downtown. Except for, yeah, except for like Jefferson County, like there are some of the districts there. 
It's how Missouri is like every everywhere in Missouri. Is, that's how it works the, in yeah. every state. Yeah, that's I mean, yeah, that's Kansas just city, city in general. And yeah. St. Louis are going to be your liberal areas, and then everywhere else yeah. is Republican. But then, so we have a Democratic governor, and it's because collectively we have we're a state full of like union workers, whether it be Ford, you know, Ford's a huge uh, employer, um, G's a huge employer, Amazon's Amazon's hubs there, UPS's hubs there, coal miners, teachers, teachers union is like has so much. So much power there. I mean, it's kind of, it's pretty, it's scary actually how much influence they have and how, I mean, they influence everything. So they're retiring at an early age with, with nice benefits. Yeah. Type and so, thing. and then we have a very elderly it's population. so much of the opposite of what's portrayed. Like teachers are completely underpaid. No, I mean, or, they are, not, but in Missouri. Well, teachers are underpaid. In, in Missouri, they retire very handsomely. Like they retire, like my sister's going to retire really, like she did switch over to Kansas, but so you, you do regress in that aspect, but she will retire at it. But mostly we, you know, we have that Democratic governor because collectively we have all those workers that are very blue collar, and people that are worried about their you know, Medicare, whether, whether they're, they're retirees, worried about Social Security, worried about their their teacher, ben, you know, pension benefits, and so the governor, that they're always running on those things, and so we end up getting Democratic. I think I think we've had one Republican governor in like forty years or something. That I mean, if you were to say Kentucky, that surprises the shit out. Yeah, of me. same. Have you ever watched the show Dope Sick on Hulu? No, I know no. what you're talking about, but I have not seen if it. If you want to know what Kentucky, that's it. Or have you ever, ever read the book Hillbilly Elegy by J.D. Vance? Read that book. You're yeah. talking about the opioid epidemic mm-hmm. out there? But it's like, you know, it, it's impossible to separate. It's probably only getting worse, I'm assuming. Yeah, I because mean, it's, it's, but it's impossible to separate like the opioid and drug epidemic from from politics. I mean, it's like, they're so intertwined, and you can... like. If you understand what's happening there from a drug standpoint, then you understand. It's like so much easier to understand the cultural aspects of why people are voting the way they're voting and seem to be very reactionary. You know what I'm saying? It's because like they're lit. It's a it's a war. It's a war zone almost. I mean, like it's like life. I didn't realize until I grew until I like grew up and met my wife, and she's this very like stable, loving, caring, thoughtful, you know, intentional, driven person, organized. Makes her bed every morning. You know what I mean? And I like, I'm like looking back on my past, and I'm like, I didn't realize it at the time, but like, I, I call my issues daddy issues, but it's, it's PTSD is what it is. I mean, you really you're struggling with, you're just seeing so much, so much drugs and abuse, and you know, it's like sex are all around you at a young age. I mean, like, I, I mean, I tell people about this stuff all on my show, um, but like, it's not uncommon to lose your virginity when you're twelve. I was twelve. I may have just turned 13. I need to go back and look at the calendar. But I was a very <laughs> young kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but it's common. And it's just like. So w- within knowing that in like the Kansas City has its own, uh, you know, drug addiction issues. You go downtown, you see a lot of homeless people. And even within the smaller suburbs, you see a lot of issues, not like hardcore by any stretch of the imagination that I've seen, especially out where we're at in our zip code slash county. We have our issues. But when, when you see this and, and you're involved in politics, what type of things have you thought of maybe doing to maybe combat it? Well, I mean, first of all, you start, you know, hold on real quick. Sorry. I know you're about to go into it because he has a fucking brilliant idea and we can get into this after he answers this. Cause him and I were on the phone for like two hours. The first time we met and talked on the phone and I have no idea what he's talking about. Right and now. no, whenever he, when he told me about what to do with teachers and weapons, it blew my mind. Okay. That was yeah, fucking yeah. like that. In my opinion, he solved it. So I'm curious on what your thoughts are on how to solve this this type of situation. Well, I mean, I just realized that everything, like, 
we just had to turn the entire paradigm on its head. I mean, like every everyone has to think we got to think outside the box from like every standpoint. Like for instance, like this past we were in session, I said I was I was going under this mask bill, and no one was giving me any credit. And then literally, like, it was like overnight, all of a sudden, everyone started acting like I was uh, just like a career lobbyist. And then I knew every bill, I knew every person. Like I was like. You were giving me no credit. Now you're giving me too much credit. And you're like holding me to a standard that I cannot live up to right now. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. I got my wife's texting me to get home and because my kids are throwing poop all over the walls. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. like, I, things are not what you think they are now. Um, but good. Look, one for, for instance, like the employer mandate, the vaccine mandates. I keep hitting the little thing there. I'm sorry. Um, everyone wanted to come at it from this, like, very, um, like, combative angle of, like, we're, we got to stop we got to stop letting employers impose their will on employees and all stuff. And I was like, wait a second. My goal is just like, I just want, I don't want people to be able to be made to do anything. And like money does money is what influences all the free market stuff. So there was a bill in there that no one's even talking about. I was like, I was like, there's a bill right here that all it would do is remove their employer liability, like the employer immunity from like force. If they force you to get vaccines, I was like, it's going to accomplish both, both goals here from both sides. Like it'll, It'll make it to where like employers can still make you get the vaccine, but as soon as that bad boy gives you like a you get sick from it or something, you get to sue your employer. There'll be rednecks lined up for days trying to get this trying to get this shot. Like I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to give me a lawsuit, baby. Like yeah. personal injury people. Somebody will in. cough in my mouth. Yeah, for yeah. five bucks. Yes, you yeah. know. <laughs> Somebody, I mean, like I was like, so you're going to get people will get vaccinated, and the ones that get sick can get can get paid. So like, I think I think it's a pretty, but it's like everybody's so they're so intent on winning with their words. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I don't care if it's your bill or it's your name on it. Like, I just want, I'm just wanting good things to happen. And so people will quit like fighting with each other and stuff out here in the street. You know what I'm saying? And so, uh, you're trying to get people to, and so I, I'll still have people saying, but yeah, but employers should be able to do with, with you know, they, it's their business. They risk their capital. And I'm like, don't tell me that, that we shouldn't be like rent seekers with the government. And you're, I mean, the employers literally have a blanket. Like they can make you do anything, and if it kills you, you can't sue them for it. Like, how is that free markets? You right. know, like that's the check and balance. Is like, okay, make me get some shit. But if I get it, and like something happens to me, I'm coming for I'm coming for your money. Yeah, and I'm gonna get it. You know, that's the check. And so employers, unless they are true believers, so is that what's in Kentucky right now that no, passed? No, like 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 that was. I think it would have, but it's again we're a part time legislature. I'd spent so much time in one chamber that like. By the time things were getting over to the other side, and I could get some stuff passed, it was just, I just couldn't get through the other side. I thought that that was more on a federal level. Uh, with, yeah, but I think locally, state on a state level, you could sue the pharmaceutical company. But federally, if you wanted to take it to a federal court system, then you wouldn't be able to so sue in that aspect. Most stuff we think is federal. Very little of it actually is. And as y'all are seeing, like Missouri with the Second Amendment stuff, like states are starting to get back to this. It's like, the United States, all it is is 50 sovereign countries agreeing to stay on the same team. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to rep the same jersey. But, like, the minute our, like, values and, like, our goals of as, like, a culture are unaligned, that you technically, there's really – that agreement to be, in, to be on that same team is really all that's binding us together because our U.S. Constitution, it says – if it ain't in here, 
We don't have that power. Like the federal government, and that's how it should be. Only has these powers. Everything. It, and that doesn't that doesn't mean that like there's no other powers. It just means that we don't have. It's not in our purview. Everything. Everything else is left to the states. So like states actually have way more. And that's why you'll see like in California, they're sanctuary states, and they make their own. They call the federal government on their bluff and say, "You ain't gonna come in here and take these illegals out of here and take them back to Mexico." They call them on their bluff, and the feds don't do anything. You yes. know what I mean? Same with marijuana. They were the first state to do Well, I yeah. think they were the same, first state same, to same do that. Marijuana is another thing that, like, said, I'm a, you know, I, God darn it. I am, I, I am, like, y'all, I'm a Christian conservative, but, like, again, my, my, like, religion is very, like, I tell my preacher all, preacher all the time, I'm like, listen, I ain't the guy you ever asked, like, to speak it like a Bible study or nothing, because, like, if, you get outside of, get get outside of here and you're gonna like hear my you're gonna hear my mouth and you're gonna be like, oh gosh, like you're probably gonna get fired from being the preacher after that for endorsing me as a human. Um, but like what were we talking about? No, we we brought up legalizing marijuana. Okay, the, the marijuana, like everybody's so intent on like they're talking about medical marijuana and all this. And so there's this big like ideological debate there on like the, the argument is between like rural people and urban people is like, well, if it's good for health or whatever. And I'm like, I don't even, I don't even care about that anymore. Like what I care about is all everybody that's getting locked up over medic over like marijuana laws are all poor. We're not locking up like the drug, the drink, like the drug kingpins. It's like, it's my dad. that didn't have high school diploma getting stopped, you know, on the, without a, without a, without a with tail light out. And catching a charge for having a blunt in his in his jacket pocket, now he's got a record for like ever. You know what I mean? Or it's the guy that's unless you got the money to pay that. Yeah, yeah. Or unless unless you, got the, you got the money. Well, then you know, then you just, they're just they're probably, I've had I've had I mean, two. I, I had one. I had one marijuana charge that got uh, somehow a noise complaint. What's it? Go- is, you know, but he's saying in Kentucky it goes even deeper than that. Like if you have a charge for for marijuana for a blunt for instance it's even hard to get a job and like you said there's only three places to get so, a job so if you if you're living in eastern kentucky and you're 19 if you're not stoned in eastern kentucky what the fuck are you doing well, know, with well, your life well that's where we're at now and like, that's where i'm trying to i'm trying to tell the city the city reps listen this is something that i can confront our rural reps with and they can't deny it and i can talk about it all i want because my entire family is about as opioided up as, as they possibly could have been you know what i mean like I've been through the trenches and I know what it does to families. And I know how it destroys them and I know how I'm still dealing with it. And like, it was big pharma that did that to my yeah. father. You know what I'm saying? But like, or you go and you, you know, you're 19 and you, you have cloudy piss and you applied for a job at pick pack, you know, and like the guy that owns pick pack also owns the meat distributor. You got a drug test just to get a job in Kentucky. You, oh, oh, heck yeah. You will. I mean, it, it, if you work at Amazon, it's a seasonal employee. They're going to drug test you. And so, but if you're in a little place like where I'm from, there's three dudes that own everything. So, like, you you think everybody's like every company's owned by it's different? Like, nope, three families own it all. And so, once yeah. one of them finds out, like, oh, dude, he's a drug addict. It might be ten years later. You're trying to apply for a job, and they're like, I remember when old Johnny had that cloudy piss. I ain't even going. I'm not even. I ain't going down that road. You don't even get an interview. You know, like, or if you're trying to be a truck driver, that stuff haunts you forever. Yeah. You know, if you're working on a strip job in the coal mines, like. Once you get, because obviously people's lives are in danger there, but like there's no grace, there's no coming back from it. You know what I'm saying? And then like it's just a, it's just a spiral. Out of, but at the same time, someone like my stepdad in you know, in the church drives a church bus. You know what I mean? A Southern Baptist church. So that's how 
how like Jesus he is. He's probably got a WWJD shirt on right now or a bracelet or something. Like, we'll be four wheeling and we'll run up on a pot patch and he'll be like, we know we better get out of there because we might get shot at. And then he'll be like, oh, listen, old Danny Ray, he's a good man. He's a good, he's a good dude, man. He's just trying to make a living. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but if we try to, if we try to pass up and make weed legal, you'd freak out. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And so it's just disconnect. And I think really what it is, is people just don't talk to each other. And like, there's no, there's no rapport. We have a serious urban rural deal. Like I'll tell our urban guys that are Republicans, like, I don't, I don't want your name anywhere near Bill that I'm talking about until I like get to the. Get to my people down here and like let them know that I'm attached to it first. Because if they see your name on it, they're gonna be like, Mm-mm, "I ain't passing." That's the city boy. He's crazy. I ain't doing that. You know what I mean? They will think it's like some kind of ulterior motive, and there probably has been. So it's like a different world when you go to the city. Yeah, you know, it's absolutely. Yeah, it's two different, uh, two different worlds. I always hated that idea of like some civil death because of other shit that you've done in your past, even though you've paid your debt to society. You know, like let's say you get a drug charge and you go through probation, jail time, whatever. And then now that has to haunt you, like, but I've paid my shit to society. Why does that have to haunt me in everything else that, that I've done? I've, I've always hated that. So the little felony check mark you have to do, I get it on a government job. Mm-hmm. I totally understand it, that there's, there's some, uh, like, like some interests that. No, that fuck that. Even in. then. Yeah, even then. But I, I could see it a little bit there. But like, man, if I'm just trying to get a job at McDonald's, why do I have to let you know that that I had a felony, felony record? I've already paid and done for that. To where now they can judge me for that. What Nobody, I would say is I appreciate your your like um, your willingness to uh, understand the, the nuance of like why the government may want that. But when you're talking about legislation, you have to think about what is like administrable, like what's sustainable, what is like what's scalable, and so like. It's impossible if you start saying this wishy-washy. Well, it's kind of a government job. Then it's like somebody comes up with another. Well, well, in this job, you know, and this as a truck driver or whatever. It's like, and then it just ends up you get a bill that doesn't really do away with records at all. It's just like. That's why I said the government thing shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what job it is. You, you even, I mean, you make the point when you say, "Hey, do the crime, do the time." Well, you've served the time. You've done whatever it is you had to do. You went through the probation. You went through the jail. You went through whatever it was. You've done your. Punishment's not the right word, but you've done whatever you had to do. It should be over. There should be no more it haunting your future, no matter what kind of job that is. Once you and you think about well, it, think but, about then, it on- but then you have some shit. Like let's say you had uh, misconduct sexually with yeah, like minors. The nonviolent then, stuff, I think, is um, kind of the way you got to look at it. I'm, not nonviolent, but then you get into some sexual shit to where you're like, okay, maybe maybe you shouldn't be put in like certain places like around like... I get it, like you shouldn't work in a minors. fucking kindergarten? Yeah. I mean, I'm from Eastern Texas, so, there, so, we, don't, so we, don't, we, don't, we don't deal with chomos. We, we handle that. That's uh, a... That's a... What are we, it's still, it's a community policing matter yeah. right there. We, As we'll, it should we'll be. handle that. As we'll it handle that in Kentucky. As it should be. Yeah, but I mean, but, like you th- and, and you bring up a good point, though, Jesse. You talk about like how you lose um, basically citizenship almost for the most part, yeah, civil death for a, for a felony. Yeah, but in in this aspect, they're not even dealing with a felony. Like they're dealing with just a cloudy piss. Ten years later, still not being able to get a job because yeah, that's, three that's three families own everything, dude. Like that's crazy. My net, and that. So how do you deal with that? Whenever you have three powerful families within that environment, it sounds like monopoly, by the way. Yeah, which is it is like that. So how do you, how do you un- how are you able to get in there at a capital level and and sway or, or get what the people want legislatively when you have three families that own it all? Well, luckily at that level, like 
know, they can, you know, they can influence their, you know, whoever their one rep is or whatever. But there are, there, I mean, the one, it's like, this is the thing where it's like, there has to be some people like me because, like, what is like scalable is most people can only be in, can only really be in contact with their, with whoever their elected people are because it's just like they just don't have the time to do the, write the emails and make the calls and all that stuff. But like, someone like me, I have to know which ones are basically like, unsavable uh, or whatever. What's the word I'm looking for here? Like, there's just no way they're going to be turned, you know what I'm saying? Like, over to my, because there are, there are rural reps there that just, like, and, and, and city ones that, like, there's just no reason for me to talk to them. Set in their ways. Yeah, and I, and I kind of, so but, but I guess what I'm saying is like how much influence do those th- three families have in that legislative area? They could have a ton on that on their on their on whoever their you know house rep is or senator or whatever. But okay. that's where it's like kind of mad. It's magical how it's like you know the house is based on popular. It's like it's all population based. So there's no one that has an outsized you know like influence other than just like bravado and charisma and that kind of thing you know right. what i'm saying so they can't control it all exactly okay. yeah and so yeah. like you know that's kind of where uh you know i do try to i do try to be honest i do think my skill set may have you know set me up a, maybe a little more than what because the, there are people in the movement with me that i'll tell you right now i try to give them like i i ask them to do things specifically because i'm like if they start talking to people they're going like they're going like make them run away. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they just don't have, they just don't have that. Community. You can help in another way. Yeah. Like <laughs> I need you to do some research, you know what I'm saying? Like, and send me some like, you know, but like, don't even send me everything you got. Like you need to get it and it needs to go through like two other ways to make sure it's like legit. And then I think people forget that they're, what they're trying to get across whenever you enter that, uh, whenever you enter into politics locally, you're affecting a state that has millions of people, you know, and people mm-hmm. kind of forget about that aspect. It's not just you. It's not just your family. It's everyone that lives in that state. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the, but you did bring up a good point about what kind of power they have. The, like the main, the main power they have is that they, is you think it would be legislatively and that they are just like this politician, but most of them have gotten elected because of their, like their, like, order abilities or just the ability to speak in front of crowds and you know able to you know i won't say snake oil salesman i mean i don't want to i don't want to feed into that narrative and i don't that's how it is here too i I mean that's man go back to high school prom king and prom queen or whatever it's always a popularity yeah and i was prom king so i'm talking i'm talking trash about myself but that's i mean that's just how the world works charisma and all that applies like popularity contest i don't know man joe how did joe biden how did joe biden win the popularity he had no charisma no no speaking point when he ran for president in, in general <laughs> sure, no, popularity contests play a lot of roles in all kinds of elections political uh, no, or I otherwise completely agree obama was a great speaker very smooth at talking 100 percent. that's how he was able to do it barring some other things but but the key is really you got to get in there and you gotta you gotta you know obviously i like to, i like to talk a lot you know i was telling him like i don't i don't do interviews because i would be talking the whole time and the whoever i was interviewing would just be sitting there um but like you do got to put in a lot of time to like un- to get to know the people's personalities, and you pe- people think what I'm talking about is saying like you got to learn how to compromise. But I'm actually I try to I'm like doing oppo research on people, and, and I know there'll be I, I have like legislators that listen to every show I do, so I'm sure they'll listen to this one. I'm literally gathering information so I can know how to man- manipulate them. You know what I'm saying? I try to feed that figure out. You got to, but like that's how you win the war of ideas. I mean that's. 
manipulation is part of it. Like I got to know what story you need to hear. Is there a balance with your war and ideas? What? For with like with you, what you said, it's an it's an it's a war on ideas, and if you're trying to con, not control, but you're trying to understand those legislators, is there a balance in your war on ideas? No, so well, I, I think I said war of like of ideas. Oh, so it's well, like there there are ideas in there, and my goal is to try to make my idea. Now my obviously I do my ideas do will sh- shift from issue to issue. Um, you know, but like I got to try to make mine better. My story better than the other person's. And but I, like, I guess I guess what I'm asking, your vision is for the people, though, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I cool. mean, like, like Shouldn't I'll, that be every politician's view, yeah, though? Yeah, yeah, I mean, But I everybody will, has different morality. Well, so so, John, so your, your morality is set as somebody that's all for the mask, right? I will say, I will to, say this. Like, like what's what's the argument against somebody that, that literally is just like, oh, man, the mask is just playing the little bit of devil's advocate right here, that, man, it prevents the spread of a virus that, that harms people. You know, like, why would you be so hard-nosed about not... My pushback on that is always, listen, if that's, again, talking about scalable and what's legislatable, if that if, if that's the direction we go with mask, I mean, that literally could be... That argument could be taken in any direction. You want, I mean, like, there are things that we do constantly that endanger other people, that endanger ourselves. I mean, not just in... That has not just with masking. I mean, it would affect it would affect every industry. It would affect every age group, every race, class. I mean, like, just it's totally unrealistic. You know, putting that kind of weight on every single person. Like, if you don't wear a mask, you're going to kill. Like, you might kill somebody. Like, a culture can't survive that. Yeah. But but what about kind of what a little bit playing devil's advocate once again? But they they in their heart really believes that this is they're they're trying to do what's protective to everybody else yeah and, kind of thing and, I, and, they're, and, they're, and they're coming from a good place and there are several of them you know and I, and I will here's what i'll say i got a lot of flack because i went to every legislator i spent every legislator i spent time as much time as i possibly could with the democrats you know, there ain't many of them down there but like and they there were some of my like best like my favorite meetings because they really they challenged me and like i feel like i feel like i would be able to tell if i was coming off as like a genuine person or not because I knew I was going to be going there and, and like disagreeing with them. But my goal going in was like, it wasn't to convince them of anything. My, my goal was just to try to humanize the other, like my point of side. view so that you could say, listen, you're not, it's not you versus the devil. Like I know, I know it's not me versus the devil. That's, that's what society does. Nowadays. I know it. I know it, yeah. I know it is. Like it's, it's so polarized on, it's not popular to like say, cause again, people think it's you're compromising, but I'm like, no, like I'm just, I'm not trying to win a game. Like I'm trying to do good, and psychologically, you can't win that. You can't, you can't do good if you're demonizing everyone. So now there are bad people, and like I said, I take note of those people, and I got a little spreadsheet. I make sure I'm like, this dude's the spawn of Satan. Stay <laughs> yeah. away from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there are a couple, and I'd almost call them out on here because they're that. Like, I mean, there was a couple of situations were bad, but they weren't Democrats. Um, but like, and I will say this is like, I every out of all of them, I walked out of out of all those meetings and like I knew like they knew okay the guy that's behind this bill like it wasn't going after just mask was kind of petty you know like but I was like I'm not asking you to take power back from school boards and put it back in the state I'm asking you to just I don't want you to like I think my term was I'm not asking you to reallocate power I'm asking you to relinquish it and to say like we didn't have this in, this power in the first place and we were we were punched in the gut by what we thought was a, a crazy disease that was going to be killing kids we realize it was that it's not what it is now. We don't we don't want the power either. So no one has it. 
like decide if you want your kid to wear a mask and decide if you want them to get a shot. Like, you know, and I, and I would tell them, like, if, you, if that's not where you're coming from, if you're mad at school boards, if you're mad at teachers, if you're mad at Democrats, don't vote for it. Straight up. Look them in their eyeballs. And, like, it is what is kind of, kind of, again, like, those Democrats, I didn't get any Democrats to vote for it, but I had no, I had no Democrats stand up on the floor and, like, and like you know, advocate against, advocate it, against or, it and like you know like it was like they were it was they were going against trump or something you know what i mean that's always been a big part of my own like morality is kind of what you just said there is if you want to do it you can do it but don't force it upon other people that's all that's all, that's all i'm advocating for any of this stuff and like people are so good at flipping it all around right now like when i say i don't want employers to be able to make you get a shot they think that i'm i'm taking something away from an employer and i'm like no i'm just saying that all humans should have the ability to choose to make their own govern, decisions, govern their own lives. I was like, we literally have employers that will people will, employees will bring doctors' notes saying that they they are at risk of because there's whatever one of the contents of of one of these drugs is, and saying it's not smart for them to get it, and employers will say, tough luck. I mean, in, in what in where what, are the checks and balances at what that point? World, that's insane. Yeah. In what world is that like the right the right thing to do? So it's like if they, if that's free market capitalism, I'm a communist. I mean, I mean, I'm like, I, that's, I don't want to live in that world because it's, they're both authoritarian. So mm. like, yeah, I'm not going to, I don't, don't want to like live with a devil in sheep's clothes or whatever, what do they call it? What's what I'm looking for here? Um, I'm not good with those types. But it's of, like, like, don't tell me you're like, a, that we're on the same side because we're both Republicans or whatever. Whenever you legitimately think that the world should be just as authoritarian as, a, as Stalin. I mean, it's really what it comes down to. So, so we'll, we'll, we'll regress a little bit or just switch directions. Um, I, I kind of, I, I want Jesse and Johnny to hear your take on, on the, the gun issues when it comes to teachers, because again, I think your take was really interesting and we've kind of had, we've had, Can, t- I have a question before we get sure. into yeah, that yeah. real quick yeah, yeah. in, and I know this is a, probably a hard question to answer, but in the simplest way, what would someone like yourself who had never done it, you had a conversation with your wife in your kitchen or whatever. What is your advice to them, like, step one, if they want to get involved? Step one would be stop watching and listening to things that are talking about issues that you have no, you can, you have no impact on, that you're not going to be able to make any kind of impact on. So, like. I'm not affecting the minimum wage anytime soon. Yeah, or like Roe versus Wade was everybody's big thing. Like, you as an individual, it was out of your hands. So, like, you're spending emotional and, like, mental capital on something that's so, like, Find out, find it is, find what it is you're passionate about. Some some people it's education. Some people it's Second Amendment. Some people it's you know, it is, some people it is lower. It's lower taxes. It's whatever. Like find your thing you're passionate about, and it's just like with sports, find what you're good at, and then get involved with it. You know, at, at, at the most local level. So if it's education, start going to school board meetings. I mean, it's that simple. If it's like Second Amendment, like. Yeah, but it's it's one thing to like go to those meetings, but where did your vision come come from? And and I know you talk about the, the amount of time that you had to put forth on your venture on what you're doing, but like us three could go to a school board meeting tomorrow because we're all you know or, or Jesse and I let's say him and I go to a school board meeting here in a couple of years because our kids are in that school. That shit scares the like. But that's what I'm, I'm so saying, much because I'm going to have to do that yeah, at I'm, some point. Well, we're most likely, I'm going to be very scrutinizing of the education that, that so my son gets. That's a so, responsibility, though. So, so, no, it is. It, it's it literally it's like this weight that I have now because now I'm obligated to who he becomes as a man 
and who he's exposed to sure. and, and all this. And that's, so what I'm saying is where, so like, let's say Jesse goes to a school board meeting because my kids most likely won't be entering public education. If yours does, Jesse goes to a school board meeting. He sees a vision, but he doesn't really have a voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, where did you get the voice from? Was it just passion say, inside you? Or I would say that you have to. So you got you got to find what it is that you're you care about, like on a brass tax level, and then you literally have to throw out any expectations that you have of yourself at that moment, and just go, because you don't know. I mean, timing is everything. I mean, it's like you may what you're passionate about right now. There, it's like. It may not even be like a topic of it, like that people are interested in now, but it's, it's still you still enjoy you it's still your topic. So like, yeah. put in that time and, and get the you know become the expert in it, so that when it does, when the cycle comes back and because it, it's all cyclical, all this stuff is, and we and like Second Amendment or whatever is what is needed, then you're there, you're prepared. You know what I mean? But like, there's never a like. If you're going in there because like you want to be a, like involved in you know like in uh, enacting legislation all that like you're just putting so much on your on, so much weight on your shoulders and it's uh, every it's like education if you if you start digging into curriculum you are gonna it's like it's such an it's such an issue like that you're not gonna be able to understand like, there's no way there's no um, what's something for there's no uh, shortcut to becoming like the alpha in, in the room in that. In that, in, in whatever topic it is, so it's set in stone type of thing. So what, what I'm saying is like you're going to have to put in the time, and it's going to take like just like with life experience. There's no, there's no shortcut to street smarts. You got to, you got to be on the street a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, um, so without being involved in education, you just can't walk in there and say, "Hey, I don't want my kid knowing learning this type of." You can, as, you can as an individual, you can remove right. your kid, but as far as like you're not mentally ready yet to be imposing your ideas and your thoughts on the system because you don't even know how it works yet. You know what I mean? Oh, we like, know how the system works. It creates workers, not thinkers. You know what I'm saying? Well, we know that, but that's a, that's a, that's not, a, that's not actionable. Right. So you got to break it down. Like, what are we doing on a brass tax day-to-day level in our schools sure. to not prepare them? And so then, but, and then you even go down even further than that. Then you got to look then, at kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And so like, it's a huge deal. And if you go in saying, I'm going to become the Titan of education, it's like, Start with a small goal you and see if you can goal. achieve with, that goal. With the educational thing, I think it has also has a lot to do with us stepping in as parents and actually filling in those gaps that are like left there. Like I always bitch about they never teach real finance to kids. Mm-hmm. Like e- even on a high school level, like I, I, they were teaching me how to write a fucking check. Like I've never written a check in my life, but I still remember <laughs> taking that. But at, at, those, at those times when you were writing checks, those were applicable or whatever you want to say. Like yeah. I, I wrote checks but, when I was like 16, 17, 18. So I don't know if that's just us wanting them to do our job too, to where, man, I don't want to, I don't want to have to come back and actually like teach my kids that, you know, but like we want, we want them taught our, like what we think that they should be taught. And then you know, they expect us to. Oh, I'm doing well, if a they're going to be job. there, fill in the rest. Be, I know what you're saying. If they're going to be there eight yeah. hours a but, day, but we're going to have to do that regardless. That's in the some thing. Way. Eight yeah. hours a day is a long if time. If they're going to be there eight hours a day, as a, like, they, they have created this, we've created this system where like you got to have a like two ink. Elizabeth Warren actually wrote a book that's called like the. Uh, it's basically talking about how the requirement of needing like a two a two income household is was it's just like a terrible. It's like it's put us. It's like 
painted everybody or pushed everybody back into a corner, right? So she actually, or not, I don't think Elizabeth Warren was always a crazy person. She actually had some good ideas in that book. Um, but like, if they're going to be there eight hours a day. You should know that they're, they're at least getting that you're not ha- there's that you're not having to teach them how to read and how to like bounce a checkbook. You know what I mean? Or that, you, or that you're not having to teach them the executive and legislative and judicial branch of the government. Well, you, you put know? it the best way when you said the reading thing, to be honest. If my kid is in school for eight hours, I shouldn't be required to teach them how to read. What the fuck else is the school but I mean, doing? Hold on, so my I'm qu- not saying I shouldn't help. But my Let's, question to that would be, is, and you talked about the illiter- illiter- how do you say the word? Literacy rate. Literacy rate, sorry, Jesus. The literacy rate in your state, and you talk about how low it is, and these kids are going to public education, and I... I could assure, I mean, you're there. The teachers have to be trying their hardest. There's a teacher's union. They're trying to do what they're doing. So I feel like the literacy rate is probably a product of home environment when you talk about an opioid epidemic that's within your state. That has a lot to play with, play in it too when it comes to public education, it's, I feel so like. So it's a home, it's home environment. And I, I, I will, I'll touch on that in a second. But like really the literacy rate and the math proficiency, it has to do with we have this, like this behemoth of like a, bureaucracy inside of our government and it's been infiltrated i mean i'm not being like conspiracy theorists here like yeah don't like, do that like, on this podcast like, man we, diver- don't, we don't accept like, any the, conspiracy theories the diversity equity and inclusion branches of these places um like the social emotional learning like they are putting things on teachers they are totally unqualified to do and my mother's a retired school teacher she'll tell you like she's not a therapist right like but they spend so much time and they're doing these things when they're not doing, teachers literally aren't doing what they thought they were going to be doing. But like they're in the trenches. I mean, they're the soldiers. I mean, they are literally getting the, they're getting the orders from the non-commissioned officer. You know what I mean? And they're going out here and they're like, uh, taking down the machine gun. You know what I mean? Like that's the, they're taking the high ground. You know, they're not like they're not up there building the battle plans. You know, they're not the generals. And so we, but they're the ones on the front line. So we take a lot of they take a lot of heat. And now there are very there are bad apples and it's extreme. But like it then really they just take whatever's system says okay here's what here's what our focus is here's what we're teaching and like there's very little anymore like where our teachers building their own lesson plan or like bringing in their own like lesson or their own story for that that talk about some kind of value they want to talk about i mean they literally like all day long like it's laid out for them they're getting they're getting spread like not they're getting powerpoint presentations and like Here's the questionnaire you're get you're asking them. And it's like, all scripted. They're just robots yeah, too, exactly, and yeah, just exactly cogs. It it's, it's just data mining. It's just constant data mining. And so, that when I, the education talking about how do you enact change there, I'm very. That's specifically one of the ones where I'm telling. It's like there's no one per. It's going to take a like a a battalion of people that have no um no desire for publicity or to be given any kind of like reward on the back end because there's there it's it's just i mean there's no there's gonna be no glory in it because it's so it is so corrupt i don't i really don't know how we even fix it without just Real. literally without just eliminating it and starting from scratch and you, you know what the scary part about that is we're talking about the state of kentucky and, and how you were able to enact change at an easier way than it would be for people in missouri and it's even that hard to do it in Kentucky. Imagine going to states that have more funding, states that are year-round when it comes to being in uh, in the swing of things when it comes in a governmental aspect. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if, let's say you go to New York, there's no shot you're ever going to change education in New York. Probably zero percent chance of any type of change. Oh, I'm, 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 I'd imagine their teacher their teacher union is. But you know what I'm saying? Like, on a, you're on a small scale when it comes to the state, and you have some 
you have a sway on changing things or you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And you're even saying it's hard to do it educational wise. Go to a state where it's harder. It's even going to be harder than what it is for you. You know, and again, so it's like, it is, it's extremely hard if you're thinking I'm going into change education. The main thing not change, but you know what I'm saying? Like make it better. Yeah. The main thing I'm trying to say is you gotta, you literally have to just like, you have to drop all expectations at the door and just say like, I'm going to serve. Like I'm going about this and I'm just going to, I'm going to take off all my, like drop my ego, like all the protections I have for myself, worrying about my, my own, like, um, reputation and my own feelings and all that. And I'm just going to go in here and just, I'm just going to admit like I'm a novice and I've, I've waited so long and it's my fault. I should have been involved in this all on the way, and I, but, I, but I wasn't. And so just like we talk about football, we don't win game. We don't win football games in October. We win them like when we're conditioning in in June and July. And like, it's, you don't know, you never know. Like if, if, the, if that was, if that last sprint, is what won the game for you. But it's like, all I know is I won, we won a game in triple overtime by a point and we conditioned a hell of a lot. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just little things. And then again, you just got to go in it with a clear mind, a full heart and say like, you know, if I end up being a, you know, I, I do know I'm very lucky in the sense that I've gotten to be the face of it. And I get to kind of have a rub shoulders with people now and all that. But like at the very beginning, I was, I, I don't, I didn't know if it turned out like that. You know what I mean? I was literally just trying to do something. I felt like no one was, and it could have not been you. It could have yeah, ended up being I, someone and else. I keep, and I keep telling people that, like, there, I'm sure, I'm totally aware that there may come a time where, like, it's just time for me to move aside. Like, my skill set is no longer, you know, it's no longer the best fit. And like, I'm just trying to tell people, like, that whole, like, that vulnerability and that, like, transparency, and it's it's liberating, and like, it infuriates some people, and that's like. But it, but it's also magnetic. I mean, I literally just think that the people were like, "This dude's the real deal." Like, he, he, does that ever worry you being more in the spotlight and getting more criticism and like, because you're outward with your political like opinions and what you're trying to do with legislation, and then now you have people like looking at you. What I mean, does like, that ever bother you at all? I mean, it, it. I guess it does. But here's what I'll say: is like, I'm very aware of who I am. And so, like, I know who my daddy was, and I'm my daddy's son. Like, I, I need as much accountability in my life as possible because I will manipulate the heck out of everybody. You know what I mean? Like, I will just go through life. I won't work. I won't work a day. Be but careful, some, man. CNN's going to use that clip against but you some, in but the future. Some, <laughs> but somehow, I, somehow, I'll always have a roof over my head. I don't, you know, it's like I'm just, you know, there's, and that's indicative of men from my culture. You know, like Appalachian dudes are just, we're resourceful that way. You know what I mean? We'll always have a bed to sleep in. Um, but, like, for me, like I said, I'm lucky in the sense that my like, my wife was attracted to my like honesty and transparency, and like the more I try to hide who I am because I'm like ashamed. I mean, there's a lot of my life to be ashamed of. I mean, to be honest with you, like I'm rubbing elbows with people that are highly educated, highly like decorated, very successful, and I'm like, if I don't, if I don't just put it all out there, and like. On the table, like it's like I don't, it's I don't. Weird, I don't you're talking about it. honesty and like, politics, uh, authenticity, which, just being an authentic person. Which a lot of those you, people you know are that you're rubbing shoulders with. That that's that within itself, just like butts heads, is like being honest and authentic about your past and stuff. Politicians spend millions of dollars like hiding who they were, because heaven forbid that people find out that you were actually a human being and made some mistakes, which I've always fucking hated. 
like politicians run in something and they i'm like i'm it's honestly like a breath of fresh air to find out somebody had a dui so it's like and no. i'm like oh so you're just like me well, so that's how i mean listen. so you're just like me oh, man. to your point so, you Hers know, herschel you walker had, you had problems too Did you hear the shit with herschel walker herschel walker's got a lot more problems well, so but like the main <laughs> thing for him was like this chick came out and said like in the early 90s or whatever that like they were together he got her pregnant and he's like hey get an abortion and now yeah. people are up in arms over that. And if you just came yeah, out, but, like, this yeah. problem is he's, he, de he's denying it. Well, he didn't come out. Like I'm like I here's what I tell people. I try to be uh, I try to be B Rabbit in Eight Mile. You know what I mean? Like just be authentic. I'm be like I'm flipping the script on people immediately. Like I, as soon as I meet you, I'm gonna be like, probably it's a joke. It's like an inside joke between a lot of my friends. Within five minutes, I'm gonna be talking. I'm gonna be telling you my dad died of a drug overdose. Just to see what's just to see how you feel about it. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be telling I'm gonna be telling you like I lost my Virginia when I was twelve or thirteen. I don't remember how I was like super young. That's how young I was. Just to see just to see like reaction. You know, and so again, it's like um in a political world where everybody's trying to like hide things about themselves, even the politicians, like I do think that super unhealthy, by the way. Can we all agree that that's a yeah. super unhealthy thing? Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, it, it totally is because it, that that's how you get like that's how you get backed into a corner to where you have to vote for something you don't believe in because somebody's got something on you well mm -hmm. you you're thinking about the whole thing you're running on is you as a person and it's dishonest because you can't be honest about who you really are and the struggles and the mistakes that you've made that's what develops a person right mm -hmm. you make a mistake you learn from it and then you develop but somehow in politics you can't make fucking mistakes you can't make make a mistake and then develop from it and then become a better person especially in a cancel culture that we live in right now. Mm -hmm. Like, heaven forbid you did something fucking 12 years ago that we don't align with that right now. That honestly made you who correct. you are now and yeah, it's better. But, but you learned from it. Us as a culture, no, you. it is completely opposite from that. Like, now, like I, will, you, I will be honest. I, like, I'm in a unique situation where like, I can... My life experiences, because like, I think I was telling Paul this, like... I come from like a very white, very white, like rural area, but like I grew up in like the hip hop revolution, like the nineties and my like best friends were black guys. And I was, I was the white dude wearing like a FUBU jersey, you know, I think the mission color FUBU on. I probably still got it in my house somewhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like my two best friends still to this day are like, we are two black guys that both have like rap sheets. You know what I mean? Both spent years and years in prison. And I'm very honest with the fact that like our lives are very similar in the sense that like, one of the one of the differentiating characteristics of me not we we live the same life we do the same stuff i've never been to prison you know so it's like i'm not saying it's it's because they were black and i'm white but it certainly probably didn't hurt me you know what i mean like and so because back then it still it was very very like racist at the time so like you know what your life experience comes to play. I, I, I will give some grace to some of these people that have really haven't. I mean, they if you haven't lived certain things, you can't relate. You know what I mean? Like, the differences of lives of Americans from rural Kentucky to somebody who lives in New York City. I mean, there's no, I mean, they might as well be one of them in Iraq and one of them in California. I mean, that's how different it is. Because it's like you can only, it's all relative to a certain, to a certain extent. So it's like whatever the worst pain is you've ever felt, it's the worst pain you've ever felt. You know what I mean? And so I'll give them some grace there. And so like it's, I feel like that's one thing I've been able to do for them is like I can, when communicating between other legislators that they don't that they don't understand, I can like take what they're saying and say and put it into context for this guy, and then bring it back to the bring what he's saying back to her over here. And like since I have rapport with both of them, and they both know like okay, this dude's like. He, he's never lied to me. He's told me I know way too much about him. You know what I mean? Like, 
it kind of gets some indirect report for them. So like I, some of some of my deal has just been like right place, right time, and drive. And like again, I'm just in a unique situation where my wife is like, I mean, my wife's the real deal. I mean, like we talk about like intentionality as a parent. You know what I mean? Like she is on point from dusk to dawn. I mean, like just nonstop. I mean, it's annoying. It annoys me. You know what I mean? But like, but she's real too. You know, like, and she knows that she couldn't relate with me, like, because she lived a totally different life. And so, I'm just lucky that she isn't. She again, she was like attracted to that whole like the the. If she can tell, I'm like I'm like holding back in a social situation, and because I'm like embarrassed, she's gonna be like, cut that out. Like, go over there and make somebody uncomfortable. That's what she would. That's what she would say. I mean, that's what. So it's like I'm lucky in the, in those regards, but. I think most, honestly, most wives. That's such a beautiful statement. Go over there and make somebody uncomfortable. She would I say love that. that. That's what she would say. I love that. You know what I mean? Like, when I told her I was coming out here, to, I wanted to do this show. She was like, she's just like, listen, if you want to be a, if you're trying to do a podcast, you're going to have to, like, there's this rites of passage. You're going to make, you're going to put some miles on the suburban outside. You know what I mean? And so, like, she's got my four kids at the house and I'm on the road, you know? So it's like, um, but I think most of us want that. And I think most, spouses want that but we just get into our lives and get into like the rat race and it's hard to get hard to reset and say okay let's get back to let's get back to square one here like we want our kids to grow up and be good people so what what, how do we what's the first thing we got to do there okay we got we got to get food she also sounds very supportive Mm -hmm. of of your uh motivation in life and like your dreams i think she's kind of i think she's kind of like me maybe she's maybe she's self-sabotaging like me i I always tell this is the joke i'd say i'm like i think she went slumming you know what I mean? She was like, I'm going to go party. I'm going to go like, this dude thinks it'd be a good time. And my dad wants me to marry like a financial advisor. So I'm going to go like, make him make my dad afraid I'm going to get like pregnant. And then like, she got caught up and she's stuck. You know, like, so there's times rough. I'm like, maybe I hope you, I hope you don't feel like that. She doesn't. But, um, but yeah, I mean like, she's definitely Any, very supportive of all that. I mean, anybody that had to go through the series seven to become a financial advisor, I don't want to like, I'm not. So I've actually done. So I've actually done that. Oh, you've done the series seven. <laughs> took, I took my sixties three. I've been a mortgage broker. I said, I'm "Oh a, shit, my bad, man." But again, like it's, it's you're the breakout. It's just been like my, my whole my whole life. It took me like you know, I was like when I I was just, I worked for State Farm agent. So I started out selling pool tabs at a bingo hall. Like <laughs> basically, is what I did for five or six years. Like even when I was underage, I was doing it for. Like, Any good at pool? No, I'm not good at anything any that stuff. But I listen. I can like. I've smoked, I bet I've smoked more cigarettes than you. I can guarantee you that. Like, <laughs> working in that bingo hall. Uh, so, um, but, like, I started there, and then, like, my Paul, he knows, my father-in-law, took me up to the job at Northwestern Mutual, which is, like, a financial firm, financial advisory firm. I had no business being there. I mean, absolutely none. I mean, it was, like, everybody had, like, like their hair gelled up and everything, and, like, I just remember I won, like, an award. And got to go to like Milwaukee, and it was like me, LeBron James, and Wally Zerbiak were on a were on an elevator together. And I was like, I shouldn't be here. Like I was like, I, I need to like, I gotta like, I gotta check out before I like uh, before people find out like figure me out here. So I'm gonna go out on top. And I was, I was working for a State Farm agent, and then like got my own State Farm agency. And like later, late on, late late in the like recruiting game, they were like, you, you lied to us about you having a college degree. And I was like, No, I didn't. I was like, Go look at my application. Straight up says like. I put, it said, like, where do you go to school? It said, University of Kentucky. And I was like, I did not graduate. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I was like, y'all just, got, y'all just got suckered in because y'all wanted to have, like, a, a poor hire. And, like, you wanted to check And then off. I did my job, and I did it yeah, well. I did my job, and I did and like, so now you're pissed about it. You know what I mean? And so uh, it's been a lot, you know, a lot of that you know, going on. I've been lucky in those, in those regards. But, uh, 
but yeah, very lucky in how supportive she is. But again, I, I feel like everybody, that's how their families want to be. And it's, we talk about the parenting thing and like, here's what I will tell people is like, all this ain't, is not politicians fault. We are, we are like, a, we're a lazy country. Well, 100%. I mean, like, 100%. I tell people all the time that now, because again, now people come to me and think that I'm like, that I'm like, I'm like a swamp, I'm like a swamp creature now. I'm like, I've been doing this for 11 months. I'm like, but I'm doing that. I'm coaching your kid in football and all this stuff. But guess, guess how many NFL games I've sat and watched? Zero. Like, it's like start to finish. Zero. There's no time. Everything's too important. You know, it's like, I'm a huge Cats fan. I can tug you tatted on my back. You know what I mean? But, like, they start their ball games at, like, 8 o'clock, and I'm like, dude, my kids are going to bed. Like, and I have no reason to be a fan if I can't share it with my, with my children. So, like, I don't know if I'll ever be a huge, like, as big of a Cats fan as, like, I was. Become less for me, too, man, after having three. And four for you, it's even more. But with three, it's even tough just to get – get it all going. Like when I did, I have my brother over every single week for the football game. I'm cooking, you know, lunch or dinner for us. Whenever the chiefs are playing, I might catch half the game, but I'm in the kitchen cooking, trying to make something good, you know, and it's in, in my kids too, makes it less important. Dude, I was the biggest diehard chiefs fan many years ago, but I've been a Cowboys Cowboys fan my whole life, but I was, I am that because like, it was like the one thing I had with my biological father's family. Like they were all Cowboys fans and I would go over there like, on Thanksgiving, I'd walk over to the house and we'd watch the Cowboys game and play out, play outside, play a game of football out in the backyard. And that was like the one thing I had with them. But like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even wanted to be a Cowboys fan if my dad wasn't. And so it's like, what good does it do me being up at eleven thirty watching the Cowboys game? Like when my kids asleep and I should be in there like trying to have sex with my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? How am I benefiting? How's that benefiting right. society? You know, like. Except you got a vasectomy, right? I did not. Oh, shit. I, my, my, you guys are going to have five, bro. You be my, careful. My father-in-law tried to split me on it. Oh, I bet. And I was like, no, nah, I definitely ain't getting one now. Holy this, fuck, man. I'm like, I'm, you trying to fuck around and have five? I tell Whitney, I'm like, listen, in, a, in an apocalyptic scenario, I may be, they may need me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I mean, I feel like we can't. I You're can't, not wrong. I can't play God like that. Well, dude, we're, we're definitely over the hour. We're like at an hour and like 20-something minutes. I don't want to keep it going too long because, you know, people's attention span. So um, tell us where we can find you, man. Like, I mean, I, I know you said it briefly earlier. I do want to hear this gun know. thing unless it's too long. I, yeah. can, I can try to do it quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically with when it comes to the – we call them SROs in, in Louisville school – or in Kentucky school resource officers. But basically it's like cops in schools. Yeah. Um. That's what they're called here too. Right now, yeah. the way we the way we approach this, instead of talking about flipping things over on its head, every school district, for the most part, is going out and trying to recruit brand new officers. They have to have like they have to be current and active like um, duty officers. Um, and there's no like you can't you can't move from your current police department. To the school police department without again like for like foregoing your pensions and all that stuff. It's just, it's just a bureaucratic mess. And so, first of all, like, my thing was my goal is like, when it comes to SROs, I'm not trying to like deal with crime in schools or deal with like adults that are still in high school that are criminals. They're criminals. You know what I mean? Like police just arrest them. You know what I mean? Like my goal when it comes to police officers has always been like let's get police officers in at a young age and get children that, that historically don't have many positive interactions with law enforcement, positive interactions with law enforcement. 
So that's my that's my number one goal. Is like I want cops in every elementary school giving fist bumps and coaching football. You know what I mean? So you you're not gonna get like a stat hungry twenty two year old recruit to build those long term relationships because they don't even understand it yet. They're babies too. You know. So first of all, we need so we need to open it up to like to like retired military personnel, retired police officers, and make it an easier path. But my again, a lot of the things I've I've realized is there's no like one size fits all one like perfect answer. And so one thing that like no one wants to talk about is what okay we have all these bodies in the school that are that are teachers that are already in there. So you they have one side that says like okay well we don't want them armed at all, and then we or we have the other people that are like are also equally as crazy saying like if a teacher gets a concealed carry they should be able to carry in schools right well my my thing has been how about we just open it up to teachers and say so in, I, i'll talk about it on a louisville scale so we have 167 schools we have 27 sros right now so all that's what's a, an sro school resource officer so cop, like the, the, the cop in schools so we're what are we short 130 something like that i'm like wh- why aren't we opening up to teachers and saying hey if you'd be interested in serving as like a dual teacher slash school resource officer, we're going to open up applications for you. And then if you go through the application process or whatever, and it's it's a good fit, we'll pay you to go to the academy while holding your spot as a teacher. So you go through the academy, you're getting paid while you're there, you're getting paid to be a teacher. When you come back, you get paid to be an SRO and to be a, and to continue teaching. And like, we're not having to bring in any more, we're not having to add to the, what we'll call a swamp, to like the, you know, to the, to the state you know we're not adding more people there so we're just kind of these people are already in there they care about the they care about the kids they know the kids they know who the people they need, are they need to watch out for they know who the people are that are like they can trust the you know be informants or you know, be CIs or whatever whatever you want to call them um, but we're always looking for ways to pay teachers more they're already according to the left they're already in a war zone and like right in the line of fire why okay well why wouldn't you want to allow the ones that want to protect their fellow teachers and fellow students to do so while making an extra 40,000, you know, like I, and there's like, no one will even talk about it. I mean, I'm, I'm on the same devil's advocate here. That's interesting. How do you, how does that solve the issue with what you said? You, cause you said there's two sides. How does that help with the people who are like, no, we don't want them having, we don't want teachers armed at all, but they went through an SRO program. They went through training on how to do it, and now that's why they're getting paid accordingly. Well, that, but you think that's going to stop those people who are thinking to themselves, "Nope, I, if they're are, teaching, if they're teaching my kid math, I don't want them armed." But there's an SRO in the school who's armed. So there, yeah, so those people pe- aren't. Yeah, people don't well, use logic. Well, then fuck those though. people. I'm done with it at this. You got to find those. You, well, you'll find certain people that like are literally they're just they're just arguing to argue just to argue, and like you have to. We have to identify those people, and then we have to ostracize them. And that's one thing I'm not afraid to do. And so it's like if you're not coming to the table, if you're I, a brick wall, then if you're, what? If you're good not it? coming to the table, like what's the word for as you know, like wanting to contribute and wanting to make things better, then we just got to get you off, get get you away from the table. But like that's where it's that it's it's my, in my experience, and I've gotten some movement on you know, getting some people to consider this is like to get them to realize I'm not coming at this from like I think kids are bad kids and we need to arrest all of them you know it's like i think especially in the black community when it's like it's always seems to be it's white people on tv trying to get cops in schools and so if you don't understand the black community and you didn't again like i ran with black i know the black people aren't getting a whole lot of positive 
like experiences with law enforcement. Now it's not cops, all cops' fault because like I've been on a ride along and I've seen what it, what it's like when they stop somebody on the corner and run their run their ID card. I mean, and seeing what the what the charges are. I mean, I've, I've been I've been both sides, but like I can identify and I can relate and say, listen, like it is what it is. Like, what can we do to make it better? My goal is that I want children to be in a healthy environment to like better themselves and like be able to worry about reading and like get out of this combative nature where they can where they can feel that the administration in the building thinks the parents and the people outside the building are against them and vice versa. Like it's just not a healthy environment for anyone. And so my goal is like, okay, you don't want cops in the building, but you're saying you love teachers. And that teachers are the best things in sliced bread. If there's one in the building that's saying, hey, I'll sign up and do this because I, I not only am I am I comfortable with guns, I want an extra thirty thousand dollars. Why wouldn't we let them take? We, and we're not going to fill that entire 130, 130 person gap doing it. But if we can do fifty of them that way, yep. we're closer without having to find any new people or train any new people or like spend money not just paying them but training them. You know, you know what I'm saying? As far as like getting them in the getting them into the system and going through the background checks and all that stuff. So, and we've got legislators that are open to that. But again, it's like figuring out how to write the how to write the legislation, and that's where I, I, I kind of come into play there too, because they're not, you know, they don't have anybody to help them with that. My my big issue with with this is that you have this whole oh whether or not there should be a, uh, armed personnel, um, security teacher, whatever in a school. Or, or no, there, there shouldn't be guns and it needs to be, you need to take guns out of households. It really never answers the question of why are these people doing what they're doing and why it's becoming exponential in society. You need to get more to the, this is always my, my thing. You don't get to the root problem of why you have these individuals doing these acts of like, like terrorism, like school shootings. You never, you never get into that, and I, I feel like as we, if we just delved <laughs> a little deeper into these young influential minds and their household scenarios, what, like, like whatever it may be, maybe social media has a lot to play into it, um, as far as like online bullying things like that that makes, um, especially like white young males aggressive in schools to go and shoot up because that's typically what it is it's a, it's a white male well, that you're goes talking and about shoots, america shoots up a school. you're talking about america and there's been other races but, but, but i, I ma- just hate this band sure. I, I just always kind of hated and i'm not saying that that's that's not that's not a good idea like yes or no to that but it's it's always band-aids on, on jesse that. there's no physical way to ever stop anything like I, that I, don't like that I, look, I don't you like look, that answer i don't like that answer i think i think that look, there's a better one no, that, that okay. we can that we can come to as far as the environment that that comes in we could do a better job not when you have overall when you have 330 that, million people that live in one country i think it's almost impossible especially within a country that allows guns to to prosper in that type of country go to australia so take away they, the guns right no no go to australia where, the guns, where they, they ban that? guns go to uk where they ban guns they still have knife stabbings they have of course oh my gosh there's been eight people dead by nat by knife it's, stabbings that's just human nature bro a, no, we're a, never going to fix it all it's never going to be a perfect no it's a utopia. poor job it's, it's a poor it, job on our society we already and know that we already know that but this is it's not a band-aid dude it's not a band-aid so, this is something that's never been I suggested so, before so let me here's what i'll say I, I i hear i can hear what you're saying and like that's why i when I'm talking about SROs, I'm talking very little about like crime and stopping. Like for me, it's our, our, I think almost all of our issues today are, we just have no, we don't have any relationship building skills. And so like, we don't, 
the cop, for me, it's important to have the police officer in the building with a gun because it's like it gives kids like myself that didn't have a very structured upbringing just like a constant like reminder of like what authority and like me being a kid is. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't step to a cop when he's got a even if it's a taser on his on his hip because I'm more like feel some pain there. But like then seeing that person, I see that way interact with me and not not like not acting on that the authority that he has all the time and like getting in the trenches with me and coaching football, you know, like our SRO, my high school was our offensive line coach. And like, I look back now, I'm like, if I would have ever done something out of step, he could have, I mean, at any given time he'd have pulled his gun off and he could have like shot me if I was like attacking another kid or doing, or doing something. But like, he didn't even register at the time because Petey was like, he just, I didn't. We didn't look at him that way. You saw him as your coach. You saw him as our coach. You built but, relationships. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we can't. You can't build the relationships unless the relationship is there to be had. Unless everyone in there has, has the same goal of we're trying to bridge gaps in in the community to like overcome some of these cultural obstacles. And because again, it's like most cops are predom- are predominantly white males, and then you're going into it. So, but the, oh, shit. the the other misconception is that it's all school shootings. Like most of the crime that's occurring in schools never gets to that level it's just constant like drug you know drug dealing and i mean we have we have a I got fight. an answer for that we have a fight every every single day in jefferson county and like on like, the most common schools that has fights in them are elementary schools and like the ones that the ones that happen between staff and students are elementary schools it's not even our high schools and so like um you know we just gotta like I'm trying to get the conversation away from the whole like arresting people conversation because that's that is where it's at right now. Like when when the, when black that's a band aid too. When black legislators hear us talk about SROs, they think we're talking about arresting black kids. That's what they think, and it's and it's val- it's a valid point. You know what I mean? So we gotta like again, what are we what are we trying to accomplish? We gotta make the we gotta draft our message and like what our goals are. What we're trying to accomplish in a way that like can get uh, mutual. Buy-in, yeah, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so, like, again, there's not gonna, there's, it's not gonna go away. The need that, that we're gonna need, cop, we need cops in schools, especially in like urban areas. We got, we, we gotta have them. But again, like, I don't want like authoritarian cops and they're trying to get like their DUI stats up. You know what I mean? I mean, if if you really think that every every kid in in a community, if they really got a roof over their head, lo- loving parents, you know, or a loving community that really cares about them. Uh, opportunity at good education uh, to progress and to where they can have dreams, which is what every kid should have. A lot of those kids can't even have dreams because it's completely unobtainable. They got to deal with household issues, all this, and then they end up turning to uh, to crimes, you know, or to do things that end up in crimes and lead to arrests and stuff like that. That's where I'm like, man, you got to focus on giving them more opportunity. Yeah, and, I mean, like, listen, they're, they're like survival is their. Yeah, is what they're and that's about. so unfair. That, so, that's that, that's so like, unfair for for a young it's a person. It's a really hard problem to fix, though. You no, talk I, about I being know, I know. We've talked un- about but this. It's, it's, not be, it's not beyond. It's just so. Im- I, I say it's not beyond, and then I use impossible in the same sentence. It's so near impossible because it's different for each instance. Like you talk about, you talk about shootings, school shootings, and whatnot, and you talk about, oh, they could be bullied online. What do you do? Get rid of Facebook? Okay, there's a solution or a Band-Aid or whatever. Oh, they're not having a good home life. What do you do? Make sure they're raised better or, or the, oh, they shouldn't be in foster care. They should be adopted or something. What do you, 
you know, in that instance. Okay, getting away from school shootings, you have the kid um, dealing drugs in schools. You say, well, hey, let's not arrest him. Let's give him a warning the first time and be like, bro, you can't, you can't do this. You can't sell drugs in school. You can't do this. Next thing you know, two weeks later, he's back doing it again, and you're like, okay, we got to arrest you one this time, and you're not hitting the initial re- or the root cause of why are you selling drugs in school? Oh, so I can pay to have a roof over mom and dad's head because right. dad's a drug addict and mom left. You like, there's all there's always going to be root issues in society that are different for each individual case, and there is no blanket statement that so solves it all. It's, it's not the that they're closest we, the closest we can get, in my opinion. I could be 100 percent wrong. The closest we can get to that is caring about other people, which we've talked about in the fa- in the yeah, past. For sure, you really want to help that kid who's you know dealing drugs to keep a roof over his, his mom and dad's head. Donate, help, like help that family, like become better in the community and help that family. Make that your focal point. You know, they're now your best friends. Help them out. Like you want to help the kid who was going to go in the school shooting because he's being abused at home and stuff. Get people involved with that. Help him out. You can't do it all at once, but you can help with little things like that. And you talk about relationship building. None of us do that anymore as a society. So you talk about fixing the root cause. In my opinion, could be wrong. The root cause is people not giving a shit about other people anymore. Well, and just not knowing how. We've, we've forgotten how to like even begin a, you know, a relationship. So I can already tell what you're, what, what you're passionate about. I can tell you right now. You went out and started like coaching the inner city, an inner city like football team. You'd find yourself immersed in something you wouldn't care about anything else, because I can tell you care like you you understand the whatever the the plot of some that these kids are, are going through and you, and you care about it. So you get in and care about that, and you don't have time to worry about Roe versus Wade anymore. You know what I mean? And so that's something like again that that's fine. And when I say find something, you can, I'm not I'm trying to be with people like find your passion, find something you really care about, and then just like. Go see what you can do to help, and maybe it ends up being you're a senator one day. But most likely, yeah. it's not. You're going to end up being like a youth football coach that is uh, talks about youth football way too much and looks. You seem like a loser, but you, but those kids are going to grow up and like you. You made a you made like a real impact. You know what I mean? So some a lot of it's just it's just timing and chance and fate and like you know some people end up being famous and some people. Don't, but the Most. person, that, but the person that isn't famous, still helped make, a lot. Can, Small scale yeah. can still can make, make a huge like, difference. Yeah. When you can only internalize and, and like really feel like the the benefit, like what you did for uh, so many people. You know what I mean? Like somebody who like Barack Obama can't really fathom, you know what 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 he may have done for like the African American population. Like it's impossible for him to fathom that in his mind. But like he's probably got like a hundred black people that he knows that like have came to him and it really made a imprint on his mind on his heart. They're like. That came to him crying or or sent him a text or something, and like is that if it was just that hundred people, and he hadn't done for the other, whatever how many millions, it would still feel like it's all he can process. You know what I'm saying? So I think again, that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Um, and it's going to be a lot of little things that happen. It's not. It's, there's no. There's no one. You know, but, but legislators will talk about like you know how to promote family values. <laughs> They're like, how do we do legislation like that? And I'm like, well, there is no like one piece of legislation like. How about you lower property taxes so people want to try to buy houses? You know what I mean? Like it's a twelve hundred dollars a year and you're making thirty thousand. Like who wants to drop one thirtieth of their income on property? Even though it's still better than spending it at Walmart, it's just like you're getting that dopamine hit when you go buy Madden. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, what are people going to do? And so it's like it's a whole bunch of little stuff. And yeah, I do think when you look at the greats 
and live. I got to say, if you watch a Michael Jordan documentary or Tom Brady stuff, or you listen to Nick Saban speak, all the greats, none of them. Nick Saban today doesn't even he doesn't even know how successful he is because he's just in the trenches. Like he probably he'll probably die that way. He'll never even really be able to look back and say like, man. I did a lot of. I won a lot of football games. I did a lot of good. I got a lot of a lot of kids in the pros. He's literally like in the film room, doing what he would be doing if he was if he was unsuccessful. You know, like mm-hmm. people talk about Michael Jordan. Like he was terrible to be around because he was so trying to be the best. He couldn't even. He couldn't really see that he was. Dude, you don't even have to work that hard, man. You're just better than everybody. LeBron, LeBron, oh, in the, la- in the last dance, he even talked about how he was just making shit up. To be motivated. Yeah, to give himself something to... Like, he, he would say driving. another player said... And he even said, he was like, hey, I probably, you know, exacerbated what, what he said, but I needed that fire to come in and win that game mm-hmm. kind of thing. He had the know. money, he could have just paid them to say it. I love The Last Dance. <laughs> we're, it might oh, be the greatest sports documentary We're ever. close to two hours. We're, we're, we're like an hour and a half right now. So I don't want, I don't want to keep it too long, man, because I don't want to lose people's attention span. There's a lot of good stuff that went on in this podcast. So, again, John, I want to thank you for coming on Talk Junkies, man, but you got to let us know, man, how can we find you? I know you're on a lot of different platforms. What's the easiest way to find your podcast? Yeah, so um, you can find me on video. You can find me on Rumble or on YouTube. Um, I'm on pretty much all any audio platform, so you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all, all, all of them that I know of. Um, and you just literally search way too much it's w-a-y the number two m-u-c-h and then j-r-m-c that's it's my name john ross marsh cox find me on twitter facebook all that so i'm lucky my handle's the same on like all of them so it's one of the way too much j-r-m-c way too with the number two yep way too much j-r-m-c yeah and i'll put that in the link below where people can just literally click on it or just send me a text of all the i mean i'll, I'll find it but if yeah if i can get all the links at one place that way if people just click on it whatever it is you know what i'm saying because we're not on absolutely everything but we are in quite a bit um and there's a lot of good uh points within this time where we're going to get some good tiktoks in there as well from this podcast so i appreciate that my man you know i appreciate you appreciate all you guys as well yeah man it's been a pleasure Uh, it's been a great fun time dude uh you know, I, I want to say I would love to have you on again, but I don't expect you to drive seven hours. Hey, man, I'll come back out. So if it's a if it's a <laughs> I'm virtual, crazy. I'm, I'm, cra- I'm crazy like that, dude. If it's a virtual next time, that would be. I mean, you know, for your kids' yeah. sake and all that good stuff, dude, a hundred percent. I mean, here's the deal: is I'm willing to do whatever I got. I, well, I feel like we are on the front end of like a of a real like a real movement right now. I, mean, I feel like everybody thinks we've been fighting for years and years, but I, it feels to me like we're really just starting to get in the trenches, like a, like a year ago. Like, just I, I see what's happening across the country and people actually getting involved. And so, uh, you know, my, my whole goal, like I said, I'm just trying to get people to get back to square one and be okay with it. You know what I mean? And just be willing to be vulnerable, be authentic, be, you know, transparent, and just, like, commit yourself to trying to do one, make one small difference and just see how it how it balloons. And But, like, anything I can do to help give, you know, give people a better outline on how to go about, you know, doing things um like i definitely want to do i want to drive wherever i gotta drive but like do that and don't make any assumptions that's the, the, the other big thing is i mean i'm we all think these legislators they all have all these relationships like if you all knew how many people how many people in my legislature in our legislature that i've spoken to in the last seven days like and i every one of them i've talked to i've said if you talk to such and such i'm the, i'm the i'm the one common like one common contact for all of them. And it's like, you know, it's humbling to say that. And it's like, may sound like I'm being arrogant, but like, it just is what it is. And like, I'm trying, I'm slowly coming to the realization 
that like there's a whole lot of like, you know, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Like I feel like I'm I'm getting to the point now. I'm going from where I knew nobody to where I feel like I have a sense of responsibility to everyone in my state. That like I don't know if everyone's anyone's ever been in this position to where they know this many people and have this many relationships and can like get the right people in the in the in the same room with each other. And that all started literally said with my wife calling me a punk and saying, "Why aren't you? Why are you like?" Thought it, I thought she called you a pussy. She did. She, she, she <laughs> sorry, sorry, Whitney. She may have said other select terms as well in that. Um, and then we got mad at each other and had like real good makeup sex after that. There we go. So, yeah, there, there you go. A fifth kid. You know, I wish I could. Tell, I wish I could tell we had a fifth kid on the way, but I'd be. Uh, oh shit! I can't do that. Um, so so yeah, but. back on man. But we appreciate you joining the show, man. Uh, um, we'll have you on again soon, and, and I'll be looking forward to watching your your future podcast too over on your channel. So I appreciate all y'all all you guys do. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I can't know our junkies out there. Stay fly and ring the bell. I've never been on a show where all the headphones are working so well. <laughs> it does change.